It is Tuesday, November 22nd. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. The 49ers win in Mexico City. And the U.S. men's team doesn't win, but doesn't lose. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Los 49ers dominate the Cardinals in Mexico City on Monday night. The United States begins their World Cup journey with a 1-1 draw against Wales. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? We'll start with Monday Night Football. The 49ers get a, I don't want to call it an impressive win. It was an expected win, 38-10 over the Cardinals. I think I think impressive is okay to use here. It was this was a a dominant win. Yeah, but it it's the the team that they played was pretty pathetic. And we'll welcome in Steve Fezzik here, the only two-time winner of the Super Contest to straight out of Vegas AM. What Fez would say is if this was so expected, did you have your biggest bet of the year on San Francisco minus 10? No, I did not. Okay. So it wasn't totally expected. Fez will also say, it's funny how... Fe- no, hold on. Fez will also say, you could have bet it earlier in the week. You shouldn't have to have gotten 10. You should have gotten 8. You should have gotten 8.5. If you're a 10, you're a Dumbo. Somewhere like that? Yes, because I 10 every, was... I know what you're all going to say every day. <laughs> Thank you. Good night now. <laughs> the... Sharp money, correction, the money poured in on Arizona at post such that almost every book went to nine and a half right before post. I guess they got word that, um, I guess they didn't get word that San Francisco had spent the week in altitude and Arizona apparently Flagstaff is too far away to practice at or doesn't have facilities. <laughs> nah, we'll just wait and go to Azteca and just, uh, Arizona led first quarter 7-3. And then uh, just a deluge, deluge in the stadium. It was raining. Well, three nothing. They, the, or the Niners didn't score. Oh, in the three first nothing. Quarter. Correction. Yeah. Yes. And so uh, that they, all, all star team 49ers. And we're hitting a tipping point here where we can start having a nice conversation. Who's the best team in the NFC? Philly, Dallas, or the 49ers? Let's have that conversation now because after the game last night, my thought was. This is the best team in the NFC, and I, it might be recency bias. I get that. But they are healthy now for the first time really all year. Like, mm-hmm. this is the healthiest they've been. The Eagles have shown warts in the last couple. And let's also face the, this fact. Eagles haven't played anybody. Like, the Eagles, their their best win this season is over the Cowboys, and Cooper Rush played quarterback. So, I'm not – now, the public would say the win against the Vikings was ultra-impressive. The public would say that. What would you say to that? The Vikings are an average team. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. It, and, uh, and if they weren't an average team, why aren't we talking about them in this conversation? We know why, because they're they're an average to slightly above average team. But pro football talk has them as the best team in the NFL. They're wrong. Yes, I, they've they probably are. changed that this week. But I think the 49ers, given what they did a year ago, given what the, what their health situation is like right now, is the team to beat in the NFC. The only thing that keeps me from saying they should be absolutely favored to win the NFC is because of their start to the season, they have basically no shot 
at home field in a bye, classic, which is so huge. Classic example. Best team, bad path against versus a team with a good path. Although I might argue, boy, you know, Dallas and Philly don't have good paths either, you know, with their, you know, with, with their division suddenly looking so tough. So um, I'd have to I'd have to map it all out. But, yeah, San Fran's not going to get home field. So here's the tweet from Jeffrey Benson over at the Circa. Quote, the San Francisco 49ers would be favored on a neutral versus either the Philadelphia Eagles or the Dallas Cowboys. They are the third highest power rated team in football. Do you now, Fez, have the 49ers as the third highest power rated team in the NFL? I have them all equal, all three. So 49ers, Eagles, and Cowboys all equal? Three, four, and five, yes. Although I will say... Last time I checked the look ad lines, Dallas home against Philly was Pickham. That may have changed. Um, that's a take I would absolutely bet. In fact, I'll give that as a free bet. Dallas um, in the look ad lines, they'll come back up on Wednesday. I'm sure they won't be m- much more than a one point favorite. Take Dallas minus two or less against Philly. Why am I not giving San Francisco lines? Well, I was unprepared, boys. But I would agree if you can catch San Fran against either one of those teams um, and they're priced with just the home field. I would take San Francisco. Well, we wouldn't see it until the playoffs, so we'll see if that happens. Right now, taking a look at the NFC playoff standings, the Eagles are your top seed in the NFC. The Vikings are your second seed. If Dallas should somehow wind up being you know, tied with the Vikings, and they, but, but they would still be behind because the Eagles are going to win the division. Well, Cowboys are behind the Eagles right now in the division, so that wouldn't even matter. Uh, 49ers leading the division are currently the three seed. The Tampa Bay Bucks leading their division, currently your four seed. Cowboys five, Giants six, and the Seahawks right now holding on to the final wild card spot, the seventh seed in the NFC. Yeah, the, the nine a half game up on the Washington Commandos. Yeah, Niners and, and Seahawks have the exact same record. Niners have a game in hand. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this, Fez, just on. On defense alone, 49ers, Cowboys, Eagles, rank those three teams. San Fran, Dallas, Philly. Okay, and on offense? Philly, San Fran, Dallas. That's what I would say. I agree. Okay. I agree. I don't know. I don't know because, listen, I've seen Dallas's offense look a lot better lately. I've seen San Francisco's offense look a lot better lately. I've seen Philly's offense look not near what it was early in the season. The so the problem is is that I agree with what you're saying, but who do I want when my team's down four in the fourth quarter, Philly or Dallas? I'll take Philly every time. The quarterback Ooh, makes the quarterback makes a difference. But Jalen Hurts' running ability is a game changer. It, we see it all the time. What Fez Patrick just said, Mahomes. if your team's down four at the end like yes, with a I minute want, a want, minute left on the clock, like like when yes. Patrick Mahomes got the ball yesterday, you'd rather have Jalen Hurts than Dak Prescott? Yes. Because, I don't think I would. Because what did pa- what does Patrick Mahomes do all the time in those spots? He takes off and utilizes his legs to get that first down. But you've, at some point, you've got to make a big throw. And I, I have I a big-time wide receiver in A.J. Brown that I could throw it to. You would, you would think so, but I, st- I still remember that Tampa Bay Rams game where you remember that like 90-second drill where Tom Brady did nothing yep. but throw six-yard out patterns true. seven times. I think, I, think, yeah, I think you're down four, final drive. Jalen Hurts' ability to elude a pass rush and to – take off with his legs and get chunk yardage and get a first down and get out of bounds, I think that's a, that's, that's an X factor. I hate to and, bring in clutch, and part of the clutch is just the fact that, well, well, let's, let's face it, as an NBA player, if you can body up and get you know in the paint 
you're going to be a lot more clutch if you're unstoppable and maybe you don't want to do that your whole career because you're going to get injured than a guy that relies on a three-point shoot shot no matter how good a shooter he is. Well, the only quarterback in this group who's had any moderate success in the playoffs is James Jim, Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo, like, yeah. That's the only one. Here's what I what I like about San Francisco's offense right now is they they put this on the uh, on the broadcast last night. Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle all lead their position groups lead wide in yards after catch. It's disgusting. So, is that good? Yeah, that's. I feel like that's pretty good. You need a big play late in the game, get it to one of those guys. Chances are good. Something something great's going to happen for you. So, I I do think it's interesting, but I think the fact that we're saying these teams are all equal, despite the fact that the 49ers record looks so much worse than not just those two, but other teams in, in the NFC, I think it says a lot about the respect that San Francisco has earned. And I think you really do have to look back at this season and say, was that really the 49ers? Trey Lance. It, right. Yeah. It was, Monsoon and the Bermuda grass. It, there's, I mean, there's just been a lot of things at <laughs> the early part of the season Left tackle got injured. Didn't set the 49ers mm-hmm. up for success. Yeah, Trent yeah. Williams going down they, as fast they, as that. They've added in new pieces over the court. Like they, Christian McCaffrey wasn't on this team in week three. Uh, you know, Bosa was hurt early in the season. They've Ayuk, had a ton I, of Ayuk has become a very good wide receiver. Now, maybe that's because I've got so many other options. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that the 49ers have figured it out enough that, at least for, for me, I trust them more than Philly or Dallas. And I, I do think – and maybe maybe I'm a sucker for this, but I think the fact that they have they feel more battle tested to me, and even the fact they I mean getting blown out by the Chiefs, they've at least been on the field with the Chiefs, like you know they they've they've been in, on the field with the uh, with the Seahawks, who I think are also pretty good. I, the Eagles and Cowboys have been on the field with each other, you know. Best like, division it, in football. Yeah. Okay. I, I got to be honest. Fez and I have a bet from before the season started. Minis- I have Minnesota more wins than San Francisco. He has San Francisco. I have Minnesota. Now I got off. I got off to a great lead, and I felt pretty good about my my side here. But I don't know if I feel that confident anymore with this. The Minnesota Vikings got the Eagles against against Miami. Also, another another ticket that you had already cashed mentally. I still cash that Philly ticket over yeah, Miami. I, I agree. Philly's great, uh, but the 49ers schedule the rest of the way. Challenging game against the Dolphins coming up in a couple of weeks. They play the Bucs. I'm not worried about that game. San Francisco's better than Tampa. And that's it. They're going to win every other game the rest of the season. They're going to beat the Saints. They're going to beat the Seahawks. Well, maybe not. Seahawks are challenging. The Commanders, the Raiders, the Cardinals. I'm not afraid of any game for the San Francisco And you got a battle-tested team with success in the playoffs. Heck, they lost to the Rams by three last year in the playoffs. Yes. Is it cra- is, am I crazy to say this could be? They could lose one more game the rest of the year. They could be the best team in the NFL. It's possible. It is. I mean, their defense is so good. And again, other than the Chiefs, who have been there and done that, they're the only ones that that feel like they're in that conversation. Because the Rams clearly aren't. The Bengals are good, but they're certainly not at the in the top tier. The Bucks aren't in the top tier. The Packers aren't in the top tier. Like the Patriots, all they do is win Super Bowl. No, <laughs> not going to happen this year. And the 49ers haven't won a Super Bowl. This this iteration of the 49ers haven't won a Super Bowl. It's to be determined if they can take that next step. But 
getting there is half the battle. It's a little less than half the battle. Since well, the 40- beating whoever's in the AFC is going to be the diff- most difficult part of that. But I think the, the in the NFC, I'll take the 49ers over anybody else at this point. So I agree. Will, will the 49ers be the most attractive bet in the playoffs when they're a small underdog in Dallas? Oh, my, yes. And then when they're a small underdog in Philly in the yes. NFC Championship game. But just looking at the <laughs> – did you take a look at uh, look at headlines for next week yesterday before, I, before the before I, the game I, yesterday? I, I, I always do, but I don't have a copy of do it. Do you remember what the line before Monday Night Football would have been for Saints at 49ers? Let me think about it. So the Saints, I can make the line. I'll... I, I want to tell you, it, when I saw it yesterday, it was four and a half. It was Saints plus four and a half at San Francisco. That can't be right. It's too far off. Okay, well, that that was that was Monday too, morning. Yeah. It was can't be right. I would have I would have bet everything on that. It was yeah. You know it's weird because I see four and a half and I see eight and a half. Yeah, I'm sure it was eight and a half. It's one of those where like the opener. Sometimes like what happens is there, there's an opener and then the book takes it down, but it still okay. shows it still yeah. shows on the screen because they haven't updated the number. It's just no longer sure. accurate. Yeah, it's eight, eight and a half everywhere. Yeah. That that one, I think Caesars had the four and a half that that's... I think I've got some open teasers, actually, that I played with San Francisco. So. Does that feel like the right number to you? No. Eight and a half? They, no, not anymore. I mean, 10 feels like the right number. Okay, so you think there's yeah. value on the 49ers now? Yeah. Man, it's the narrative on this team has completely changed. And, you know, they started out the season three and four. It, it feels it, it, I've almost forgotten about that now. That three did and they four, lose to Denver? They what? lost eleven to ten to Denver. You remember that <laughs> eleven to ten? I would have brought in my closer in the eighth inning in that think, game. Think about this. I'm saying the 40, high leverage moment. The yeah. 49ers for the ninth. 49ers might be the best team in the NFC. They lost to the Bears, the Broncos, and the Falcons this season. Well, the Bears was in the monsoon. Yep. Uh, with Trey Lance. Yeah. Atlanta has. I mean, Atlanta's been capable, you know. But yeah, I mean, they're that. What, what, there was some. There was some circumstance. There's injuries. That was. That was the game that San Fran was was injured on defense. Well, that was the year where their their only running back was Jeff Wilson because yes. Elijah Moore was hurt and it was pre Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah, there, it's there's you know, and you're, you're, everybody's going to have injuries. It's not an excuse, but. This Niners team early in the season just what it, it wasn't the same team that it is today, and the, the the version of them today is terrifying. But the problem is, is that the the memo is out. People are talking. Everyone's aware of what we're saying. So you know what? You want to identify something before it happens. So I mean, this is good that we're all on the same page. But the market's on the same page with this as well. Yeah, I agree. But I do, I think that the average Joe is go like if if you went and asked. 50 NFL fans today, who's better right now, Eagles or 49ers? What would they say? Yeah, they'd say Eagles. Yeah, so I think I do still think as long as that they'd say exists, Giants, they'd say the Giants are better. Right, than the, the Vikings. Niners. So as long as that exists, there's still going to be a chance to find value on these things. That's true. Speaking of the Giants, Fez, I am eliminated from my Survivor <gasps> because I took the Giants, and you know what? We talked about I game theory. Me. We talked about game theory a lot, right? Yeah. How like it was a smart play. Yeah. And I, I originally was going to take Washington, and I figured everyone's going to take Washington. Washington over the Texans. I gotta, I gotta avoid that and play a little game theory here. And then you're twenty-two people left in my pool. Guess what? 
eight of us had the Giants. Yeah, so you, so you, so you played, <laughs> Everyone else. You played contrarian and wound up with a consensus. Everyone Wonderful. else thought the same way that I thought yeah. was to not play the obvious team, play the next obvious team, and we all got eliminated. Now, that, you know now that's one I would have been okay with you, you know, put in, what, what was your entry fee, 1,000? No, 200. Might have been okay to put a thousand on the because your your equity was far more than that. So oh yeah, my equity was far beyond. It that, might yeah. at, at that point, you know, it might might be bet enough each week, take the points, and bet enough just to be, walk away with a small profit. Yeah, psychologically. You know, it's interesting. You look at the box score of that game. You think the Giants might have won, but yeah. the turnovers and three zero and the injuries. Yeah. Oh, they had players dropping like flies, and Daniel Jones played his worst game of the year. But this Giants team now, I got major concerns with the injuries. Well, they, stink. they stink. This is starting to be the team that, that did this feel like the saying. week that things sort of shifted because there were earlier in the season it was how can you say and RJ was kind of pushing at you on this how can you say the Giants aren't good look at the look at what they're doing they're winning these games how can you say the Vikings aren't good how can you say the RJ's Jets own aren't good? research supports me the two luckiest teams in the NFL are the Giants and the Vikings but look at this and that hasn't changed any they 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 did not get unlucky and they're a lot I, Scott's right they got unlucky with the final score but you were watching that and you could have texted me at halftime oh I'm, I'm oh it's I'm, over I knew I was gone yeah, yeah. <laughs> but does it feel like the Jets the Giants and the Vikings who got out to these good win loss starts you're starting to see the the facade crumble of oh, what they, they all, really they are. They all stink. They're all going to miss the playoffs. Uh, well, I wouldn't all say, three. I wouldn't say that the Jets stink. The quarterback stinks. I mean, listen, and in I the feel, NFL, if you stink at quarterback, you stink. I feel so bad for these players because— No, it's the offense. The, no, the, no, no, the, the no. offense. The, 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 the defense plays hard. You got skill position players that are that are performing well. You have a head coach that seems to be on the right side of things. But the quarterback absolutely stinks. I, and he's so clueless about it, too. It's very odd. You know, like, but, but we learned a valuable life lesson, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take that. So this weekend, uh, I'm not going to talk about Saturday. Saturday was a great day for me. Me too. For my plays I get of my clients. Sunday, I went one and three. Well, right? Sunday was not a good day for me. My three-star was Denver minus two and a half. You know what? I stunk it up. I went one and three. You guys need better. Do you deserve better? And I'm working my ass to make that happen. So that's that's the right response to tell people. Now the truth is, some somebody went ahead privately sent me a, a nasty message saying, you know, I bought your service and your your piece of garbage, blah blah blah, and I immediately blocked him and <laughs> took him off my text list. So you can never win enough to supply the demand because there will always be somebody that comes in at the end of a winning streak. A guy a guy texted me and he says. You're 4-0. I've almost gotten back the money that I lost playing your game of the year. And I, I, I came back, and it's like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> what are you, I, I'm like, guys, like, if you get my game of the year, bet three and a half units on it, okay? Bet two units on a normal play. That's about the differential we're looking at. And you're like, well, but you're so sure about that. No, no, I am not sure about that. It's just the game I have the most confidence of. And if my normal Kelly criteria bankroll betting is 2% of bankroll, Maybe I'll step up and personally bet 4%. I might bet double my normal bet. You know what? I'll bet 10% of bankroll if I can. I'll bet stuff like um, who's going to receive the opening kickoff when Belichick was paying Sean Payton, and Sean Payton <laughs> always went ahead and took the ball when he won the coin, yeah. the coin toss, and Belichick always deferred. That's a bet I'll bet 20% of bankroll <laughs> on because it's always going to win, although Belichick did take the uh, the wind in this game and make sure he had it in the fourth quarter. The only loser I had on Sunday 
I don't regret because I had the Rams and I had a pretty solid number on the Rams. I had the Rams. Yeah, and I think you, you had the Rams four and a half, right? I gave I bet four and a half. I gave my clients plus four. I got four, uh, and I felt pretty got good word, about it. Got word and. Yeah, my we buddy, knew Stafford was going to play. My buddy Will Hill, let me know. Hey, Stafford's playing. And if you t- if you Thank tell you, me Will. if you tell me, and he even told me play back Saints. He even texted text me. He's like, I'm playing the Saints back minus two and a half. As just an FYI. And if you tell me a hundred times, two and a half point If you tell me a hundred times that Stafford's going to play and I get four, I say, you know what? That's the bet. And I think and Stafford, when they're down ten at the end of the game, got knocked out like end of the third quarter. I think the Rams would have lost by three. I think so too. I think so too. Arizona. Falls to four and seven. Is this the dream crusher scenario for them? They play next week at home, which we know they stink at home. They're playing a Chargers team that's five and five and desperate for a win. Do we think Arizona is dunzo completely out of it? We see like if they if they had one last hurrah in them, it should have been last night in Mexico City. By the way, that's my friend Todd Wishnev's word, dunzo. Okay. <laughs> I think he I think he I'm sure he stole it from someone else. Very rather, rather clever. Maybe not. Uh, yeah, they're done so. So you could have bet Arizona plus three and a half. I'm gonna guess this line's gonna go six now. I think it's gonna be we guys that's that's a huge adjustment. It's a massive adjustment. You're gonna bet you're gonna bet Arizona plus five against the Chargers and Herbert? I'm no. not. No. Plus seven? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I, I Plus would, seven, yeah. I probably pass. Look, yeah. there was there was a moment, and Aikman was talking about it on a broadcast last night, on that Kittle touchdown, the, 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 the players in the secondary, they, they had no interest in tackling him. Mm. They just didn't even try. The effort wasn't there. They quit. The game was over. Mm. By the way, Aikman said, oh, it's my birthday. I'm 65. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then a couple, a couple minutes later, he says, I'm not actually 65. I'm just so tired of people like – you know, like like they, they say they're 56, and they're like, God, he looks t- terrible. So he, like, preempted it by making himself 65. Good move. I actually like that. Uh, that is the only two-time Super Contest champion, Mr. Steve Fezzik. You can follow him at Fezzik Sports. Thank you, Steve, and we will uh, talk to you next week. Let's ho- hopefully I have a better Sunday than this Sunday with one and three. Thank you, Denver Broncos. When You know what? You're, other teams out of timeouts run the ball. And you know what? Normally we have Fez on our, th- our, our Thursday episodes. We're going to let Fez have Thanksgiving with his family. So enjoy that, Fez. Thank so you, nice. as always. Thank you. And, uh, and we'll talk to you uh, next week prepping for week. You know what? Let me ask you one question before we get out of here. Yeah. What's the best angle on a, uh, a Thanksgiving Day game that you've got? Oh, what I always lose at each and every year is that the— I don't want what you lose at where our guys are trying to win. <laughs> what well, is the best angle is that I always look for the, the late, a late game with a big favorite, so uh, not the morning game, so it would be Dallas, Giants, Cowboys. The square books tend to deal inflated lines because think about this. The pros, we have people moving for us and the like. Well, they, everyone's going to Thanksgiving dinner. We want to finish— Everyone wants to get done by noon, East Coast, maybe by 3. And so there's not enough. There's there's no sharps to buy back. The public's still going to play the games. They're going to bet the Cowboys. You're going to get a bargain on the Giants. The Giants at post first half, second half. Uh, and that's a pro secret. Betting the second half on Thanksgiving Day, oftentimes there's nothing to stop just all the public inflating all the lines and you're getting value with the underdog. Are the, 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 two, the two early games, minus 9, Buffalo, minus 9, Dallas, are those fair numbers, or do you think those should be closer to eight, eight and a half? But they're dealing some teaser protection here. I actually made Dallas ten, so I'm I'm not that eager to bet the Giants for the game. I'll say this though: I made the Buffalo line 
nine, and I think that's horrendous that the Bills went ahead and did everything they needed to do during the epic um, Armageddon snowstorm to get to Detroit, and then instead of just staying in Detroit and winning another game, they flew back to Buffalo to like help shovel the snows off the roofs, and now they got to go back to Detroit. That is a horrendous decision. They didn't even practice last week either. I mean, it, I mean, how are they going to? How I mean, how are they even going to be able to get around? You know, and, and all the family stuff they have to do, and it's Thanksgiving week. Oh my goodness! It is terrible only, spot for the Bills. It is only a one-hour flight. <laughs> yeah, but it's. The, the the idea is you could have just stayed in Detroit and practiced yeah. instead of, like, I mean, getting to and from the practice facilities, I can only imagine what it must be like in mm. Buffalo these next couple days. Just one nugget. Thanksgiving road favorites since 2004, 18-6 and six against the spread. Like I said, a family tradition for me. I always lose on Thanksgiving because I bet on the on the Detroit Lions catching an extra point half versus the market, and I make a donation to Station Casinos, to the Gold Nugget, to it's, it's uh, really, Coast you know Properties. What? It's really nice of you this time of year to give those I, donations. I give to the Square Ball Casinos, <laughs> and they're all really unhappy because they lose. They lose to the public, and they and they beat me. It's like a chain reaction real quick. Um, since we're, I'm a baseball expert, you know what happened in the World Series is like people got $30 million worth of free furniture from Mattress Mac. That's right. Mattress Mac won $30 million versus the sports books by hedging his bet of giving away the free furniture he bet on, on Houston. The sports books lost $30 million to Mattress Mac, and the sharp baseball bettors lost that $30 million back because they bet the Phillies because it's obscene value because all the lines got inflated so much on the World Series because Mattress Mac drove up the series odds to the point that a whole lot of pros felt they had to bet the Phillies at like plus 180, plus 190 prices at some books in the series. Very cool. Uh, Thank you, Fez. Enjoy the holiday, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you, guys. Something that we touched on a little bit with Fezzik, AJ, was the New York Jets and how bad the quarterback play has been. Well, the latest news yesterday was that Jets head coach Robert Sala is not committing to Zach Wilson as his starting quarterback moving forward, saying that there could be a possible change. Quote, we're keeping everything on the table over the next couple of days, end quote. It's either going to be Mike White or Joe Flacco as the starting quarterback for the Jets if it's not Zach Wilson, because it's not like there's anybody else on this roster or anybody else coming in, but It can't be any worse. We've seen Joe Flacco play some decent ball this year, too. I I don't think that it's the worst idea, even if it's They were one and two with Flacco. Right, but it it didn't feel like they weren't competitive. Um, And they certainly weren't one and two because the quarterback play was was a drop-off. No, they lost to Baltimore and Cincinnati. Those are two really good teams. Yeah, that's that's what (laughs) tends to happen. So I I think the, the truth is you can't get much worse than what you've get, what you've got from Zach Wilson so far, uh, he has been about as bad as you can be. It's very difficult, I understand, for these franchises to admit when a high draft pick is a bust. Yep, Zach Wilson is a bust. Everybody talked about Zach Wilson having all these great tools. What tools does he have? Like I, I never got the Zach Wilson thing. I, I, I haven't. I've never like wrapped my head around a guy who is kind of, I don't know, I guess he's not undersized, but he's mm-hmm. not ideal-sized. Uh, he's not overly fast. He doesn't have, a, a like, a rocket arm. What are the tools? He had one good season in college at a mid-major level. Yep. Where's the wow? Like, I can get Trey Lance 
Like, again, I've, I've talked about this with Justin Fields. If you've got somebody who's got a mutant skill set, you take a flyer on them. You look at Josh Allen, you look at Trey Lance, and you say, you know what? If those guys can figure out football at all, wow. Zach Wilson's like a just a regular dude who, if he figures out football, okay, well, maybe he can be like a middle-of-the-pack quarterback. You never take that guy number two overall. I know. And there's egg on the Jets' face. They're trying to save it. But the problem is the rest of their team has gotten so good. Yeah. It makes the flaw glaringly obvious. It's like there's no way around the fact that Zach Wilson sucks now. And the problem is if you keep up the facade that Zach Wilson is good or has this potential that he hasn't tapped yet, you're wasting time with the rest of this roster, Mm -hmm. which is a playoff caliber roster. So you look at what Joe Douglas has done as the general manager of the Jets. I feel like every draft pick he's made has hit with the exception of Zach Wilson. So does anybody think Joe Douglas is a bad GM? No. No. You you, Sometimes you just – You missed once. Like Makai Becton, all right, you know, he's serviceable. Um, You you look at uh, certainly what they did this year with Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson and everyone contributing. Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner. I mean, Elijah Moore, decent pick. Uh, Elijah Vera Vera Tucker, the, the, the other tackle. Um, so Michael Carter, the running back, like he's made good picks. It's just the one that you needed to hit on the most has not worked out. I don't know what other options they would have had that year. Like obviously Justin Fields looks like looks like he's the best quarterback in that draft now, and we weren't saying that no. five weeks ago, right? Mac Jones was the guy that we were talking about last year. What we thought was a really strong quarterback group just wasn't, mm-hmm. and that's okay. And, and, but here's the problem. You can't now. Your team is too good to pick at the top of the draft again. So you have to change up your philosophy. You're going to have to go find a free agent quarterback. Derek Carr. It, it, it could be Derek Carr. It could be Jimmy Garoppolo. It's not going to be like a super sexy, you know, home run, no doubt. You know, Davis what, Mills. What Russell Wilson was thought to be. <laughs> you remember? I mean, Russell Wilson was thought to be the home run mm-hmm. guy. You know, and in hindsight, he wasn't. But if you give this roster to Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, I mean Jimmy Garoppolo, we're kind of seeing in San Francisco. He's got a, a, a great defense, good running game. You can succeed. You cannot succeed with Zach Wilson as your quarterback. It's impossible in today's NFL. You can overcome if your team is great. You can have average quarterback play and compete. You cannot compete with awful quarterback play, it just doesn't work. Some of the quarterbacks that will be uh, free agents next season that can be signed, uh, Geno Smith. Geno Smith's going to get some money. He's gonna, the, the Seahawks will pay him I think after so. what he's doing this year. Uh, Baker Mayfield Ooh, with the whole you can't, I, you can't restructured deal. Uh, Sam Darnold. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, we don't know what's going to be the future of Jimmy Garoppolo. Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know. Daniel Jones, if the Giants don't sign him. I mean, he'd be an upgrade. If the Giants look Case Keenum. Uh, no. I think it's got to be Derek Carr. It's got to be Derek Carr. It's got to be Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, Derek Carr is not a free agent, but he we will assume be. that they're going to they're going to they're, they're going to get out of that deal. Uh Lamar Jackson. Oh my god. Can you imagine if Lamar doesn't resign and Think about this. Like the Jets 
it's kind of in place for them. They've got a great run game. There's so much money to defense. Like, throw the moon at the guy. Like, make offers that the rate like because clearly the Ravens are hesitant to pull the trigger on on like massive long term money. The Jets, if the Jets just say, you know what, we're gonna make you the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Let's go. Uh, does Lamar say no? Do the Ravens say, okay, we'll top that? I think it'd be tough for them. Otherwise, if they were willing to top that, they would have already done it. They would have already done it, yeah. So I, that's an interesting option for sure. And on a team that plays, you know, defense. and See, I think Jimmy Garoppolo makes the most sense to me. And I said Jimmy Garoppolo made the most sense from a uh, trade partner as well because w- at the beginning of the season because of the relationship that Jimmy has with Robert Sala. And, you know, from his days with the 49ers, as well as, you know, the relationship that he has with other former 49ers pieces that are there with the New York Jets organization that I thought it would have been a, a nice fit. Um, I'm trying to think if there's Jacoby Brissett. No. no, 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 no. Why not? You know, Jacoby Brissett's top 10 in the, in the NFL and QBR. Uh, and it sounds crazy. He's sixth in the league in QBR. Jacoby Brissett, his QBR puts him right between Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson this season. That it's mind numbing. That's pretty wild. But he's not the reason the Browns are shitty this year. Like the Browns are terrible, but it's it's not all Jacoby Brissett's fault. He's not having a terrible year. So yeah, I, I wouldn't want him. But he, my starting quarterback. But here's the deal: what you can do with him is make him a bridge year guy. Like he. Mm-hmm. Why why can't Jacoby Brissett be Geno Smith this year or next year for the Jets on on let's face it maybe a better roster. So if he if he can be that for one year and then you draft you know you, you or you you've signed something like you do something it feels like maybe that works. So hmm. who Of course you don't want to turn into the Colts where you ever you, you're getting a new bridge quarterback every year either. Yeah. Or are they going to try another year with Zach Wilson? And that's the nightmare Can't, scenario. You cannot go into it because, because listen, almost every and in fact, uh, until you said Sam Darnold's name out loud, every option that you listed is a better option for the Jets than another year of Zach Wilson. The and, Zach Wilson experiment's over, at least from an on the field standpoint. Like I get the money attached to Zach Wilson mm-hmm. sucks; it would suck to eat it. But you know what? And Forty Nine ers gonna have to eat it with Trey Lance. And it hasn't it happens. It hasn't worked for the Cardinals. But do you think the Cardinals ever like? Do you think the Cardinals ownership ever wakes up and says, "Oh my God, we gave up Josh Rosen after one year, and all we got was Kyler Murray"? No, because at least Kyler Murray gives you a fighting chance most weeks. Josh Rosen couldn't play in the NFL. Zach Wilson can't play in the NFL. Period. The United States played their first match of the World Cup yesterday. AJ, a one-one draw with Wales. They did have a 1-0 lead until the you blew it. Yeah, the 82nd minute a penalty was given and Gareth Bell, we had mentioned him, who is one of the best players in the world even at his age now, uh obviously the best player for the country of Wales. He took the penalty shot. He cashed in. Game ended as a 1-1 draw. So if you had the draw at plus 2 and change, like myself, congratulations, you won. I tweeted something out, and uh, again, you guys always follow me, at Scott's On Air. I said, there's nothing, there's no sweat like betting a draw in soccer. 
this is exactly what I said. Quote, betting the draw in a World Cup match is an incredible sweat. I feel like I just worked out for 90 minutes. (laughs) Because it is such a weird, it's such a weird bet to make because it's not, you're not used to that. You don't don't bet an NBA game hoping for a tie. You don't bet an NFL game hoping for a tie. Same thing with hockey either. It's like, it's so crazy. I'm watching this game and every time I'm thinking, don't score. And then when the U.S. scores, every time Wales has the, has the ball, I'm like, let's get the equalizer. And then you're just rooting in like the you know stoppage time that no one gets a game winning goal. It's an incredible sweat. Uh, but that that's what happened yesterday. Now, the United States still in, in good position. You have to look at the way that the the table is gonna uh, shake out. England already captured a win in their first match. They've got the most points, three points. The U.S. and Wales have one point each. The U.S. has to beat Iran, so that and Wales will probably beat Iran also, and it's going to come down to the England game. Wales against England and the United States against England. The thing is, let's say both lose to England or both have a draw against England. The game against Iran is the most important because goal differential is what's going to break the tie. So right now, we know the U.S. and Wales are at zero. Let's say both of them lose by one goal to England. They'll both be a minus one. It comes down to what each team does against Iran. The U.S. has to pour on the goals in their next match. Uh, That next match is going to be, well, the England game is first. So Friday, United States against England. That's the next time we will see them in action. And the line for that one, I'll let you play bookmaker, AJ. What's the line? Three-way line now, USA versus England. I have no idea how to do this. England minus 185, the United States plus 500, the draw plus 310. Wow. Yeah. I'll be on the draw for that one. (laughs) Of course. Uh, (laughs) Let's take a look at the three games or four games that we have coming up later on today. Actually, by the time you are listening to this podcast, uh, one of these games might be over. Uh, Argentina and Saudi Arabia. See, when it comes to soccer, I like to get the accents. In the that, was, that was smart of you. Uh, they play at 5 a.m. right now. So uh, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, which publishes at 5 a.m. Eastern time, guess what? They're kicking off this match. Uh, <laughs> coming up at 8 a.m. Eastern time, Denmark and Tunisia, one of our best bets from our Soccer experts here at pregame. Yep, Griffin Warner. Griffin Warner said Denmark to win the group, so that's probably a match you want to take a, a look at. Uh, 11 a.m. Eastern time, it is Mexico and Poland, and France takes on Australia. Fran- the French are massive favorites coming up a little later on today, but the French will be without their top player, Karim Benzema. If you didn't get a chance to watch any of the Maui Invitational yesterday, you really missed out. We saw some fantastic games, and it has set the stage for two fantastic matchups tonight. And starting at 8 Eastern time, Arkansas and Creighton. Creighton, who pulled away from Texas Tech in the second half, Creighton's offense is just a a magical thing to watch. It's so much fun. I'm starting to find myself falling in love with this uh, Creighton team. The only only thing I worry about is Kalkbrenner. He he turned his ankle in that game yesterday, stayed in the game, re-injured it again (laughs) late in the game. 
still stayed in the game, which tells me that it's not like it's broken or anything like that, but with a comfortable lead. And even as someone who bet Creighton minus the points yesterday, I would have been okay saying, all right, have a seat. We'll uh, we'll get you back out there tomorrow against Arkansas. But this is a battle of two of the best point guards in the country. Arkansas's Anthony Black, Creighton's Ryan Nimhard going to be fantastic. And then in the nightcap, 1030 Eastern, Arizona, who put on an offensive clinic against Cincinnati, against a good Cincinnati defense, takes on San Diego State, who Brian Dutcher's team is turning out to be one of the most balanced teams in the country, elite defensively. And the, the problem within the last couple of years has been who's gonna, how are they going to score? Where's the, where, are the, where are the points going to come from? Well, they figured that out. Uh, the, the scoring has gone up as well. Uh, so this is a great matchup tomorrow between uh, Arizona and San Diego State. I, I'm, I'm excited to see how this thing goes down. Either way, good hoops coming up tonight. We have just a short uh, two-game slate on the ice tonight. The Sabres take on the Canadiens. Montreal is minus 120 with a total of 6.5. And, and the Rangers are in L.A. to take on the Kings. Uh, New York right now minus 115 with a total of 6. Last night, the Devils extended their winning streak to 13 straight games. They defeated the Oilers 5-2. It's funny, AJ. Somebody tweeted at me and said, do you think this was last night? Do you think tonight's the night the Devils lose and and end the streak? And then my response was, I actually do think they lose tonight, but I'm not betting against them. Yeah, I've I've learned my lesson. Don't bet against the Why Devils. Why do that? Well, and guess what? I saved myself some money. Yeah, good call. Because the Devils won again. I'm never betting against this team <laughs> ever. They're never going to lose. When are people going to get that through their heads? They're never going to lose. Uh, Devils right now. I mean, guess what? I'm going to bet against them the next game. Devils <laughs> are 16 and three. It's the second best record in the NHL, only behind the Bruins, who are 17 and two to start the year. The Devils' next game is going to be against the Toronto Maple Leafs. That game is coming up on Wednesday. There's no line out for that game yet. It's in New Jersey. These two teams played last week. The Devils won 3 to 2 in overtime. I think Toronto might be the play. Well, we get after it, my friend. Problem is, I bet Toronto in that game and they <laughs> lost in overtime to the Devils, so I can't ever bet against the Devils. Also a short schedule in the NBA tonight. The Nets take on the 76ers. That's game one of your TNT doubleheader. Brooklyn a seven-point favorite. The Kings take on the Grizzlies. Memphis is a short favorite. I think the Kings have won how many in a row now? Six in a row for Sacramento? Man, it's like the Devils. The Kings just won't lose They don't lose. Pistons are at the Nuggets. Denver laying six and a half. And game two of your TNT doubleheader, the Lakers at the Suns. Phoenix, a seven-point favorite. If you are so inclined to win some money on these games coming up tonight, whether it's the NBA, the NHL, or college hoops, head to pregame.com. Pick up a daily package. AJ's college basketball package yesterday went not one, not two, three and oh. 
you actually profited off my college basketball plays more than I did. I did. Because you parlayed them. I did. Like you, a madman. And you went 3-0? Like a madman. I trusted you. I said, you know what? AJ's been on point here. His analysis is sound. And I'm going to play his three plays. And none of them were a sweat. None of them were a sweat. Good time. Nice 3-0. and I had a three-star plus money winner on the ice last night. Little little plus 115. Three times, which is always nice. Uh, McKenzie's been doing well with the NBA. If you want to pick up any daily package at pregame.com, take $10 off of AJ. Uh, it's going to be AJ10 will be the promo code. Get you $10 off at pregame.com. Anything you'd like to purchase, just use that promo code AJ10, whether it's a daily package, a season-long package, a weekly package, a monthly package, $10 off using the promo code AJ10 at pregame.com. And if you're listening to this podcast, what's up? Uh, (laughs) And you haven't signed up for pregame.com, do yourself a favor and go sign up because it's free to join. Not only is it free to join, we're basically paying you to join. You get $25 to use at pregame.com. All new users. Just go to the website, pregame.com. Sign up. Get 25 free bucks. Use it. Daily package, season package, whatever. $25 free dollars. That's basically a free best bet at pregame.com. You can participate in contests for free, talk in the forums, track your own picks. Lots of uh, fun activities there on the website. So be sure to check it out. Get your free $25. Take $10 off with the promo code AJ10. And keep winning with us here at pregame.com. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. Our thanks to Steve Fezzik for joining us today. We are straight out of Vegas. Hey, yeah.